Am I bothered? Do I look bothered here on Owl's AmeriCast? Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I'm going to put as much effort into reviewing these two Wednesday games as I put into that Catherine Tate impression at the outset. But since we have two old-fashioned Wednesday defeats to review, I have poured myself an old-fashioned. It is Russell's Reserve Tenure. A friend of mine dropped a bottle of it off on Friday. I added some bitters and some sugar, and now we've got a stew cooking. Uh, joining me this week, Patty decided he needed to see a better team in action, so he's watching the Mets for some reason. But sliding into his closet in Queens, New York, it's James Allen. James, what are you drinking? Uh, I spent the last week or so up in the Catskills, so uh, merrily ignoring all things Sheffield Wednesday until I got a call to say that Paddy had uh, jumped out and I needed to step into the void. So um, I brought a slab of beers back with me from the um, West Kill Brewing Company up in the Catskills, uh, and I'm drinking a Caterskill IPA, which is um, a soft and balanced IPA dry hopped with citric mosaic, Azaka, and Columbus. Um, and whatever combination of hops that is, it's actually extremely mellow. It's about the uh, the calmest uh, Northeast IPA you could uh, you could choose to get your hands on. So, Justin, you might even enjoy this one. <laughs> Seems like every week, either on the show or in what's that we're talking about, IPAs, Justin might enjoy. But, Justin, what are you enjoying this week? Not IPAs, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, no, I know I told you guys I was on the council pod for a while, and, you know, I'm trying and whatnot, but... Uh, I'm I'm drinking some bullet bourbon. I'm taking it straight. I'm chasing it with some ginger ale. I made a. Uh, I finished off my vodka earlier with a absolutely delicious dirty martini, um, and that's about where this evening's going because I was forced to uh, recognize I had to spend the next hour talking about this fucking football club. So, console pop off and uh, let's get it on, boys. We will get it on with two match reviews, some Wednesday news. I. I, I saw you put the preview. I don't even know who they're playing. It's Bristol City. It's like 7 a.m., right? 7.30 a.m. The relegation will be televised. <laughs> we'll see if I uh, wake up for that. Wednesday did not wake up for these two games, however. James, what is your talking point? Uh, my talking point is uh, oh so predictable, which is, um, I guess, in in both games, right? I mean... The first time round, uh, 5-0 victory on Easter Monday, followed by a 4-1 defeat uh, to QPR. I mean, yeah, what else can you uh, what can you expect to see, I suppose, from Sheffield Wednesday Football Club? And then um, in, the, uh, in the game yesterday, a good, what, first 30 minutes, followed by Tom Lees falling on his nose and being muscled off the ball and the easiest goal to basically shut down the entire game against Swansea. So, yeah, it... It was just what you kind of expect to see from this side, wasn't it? It wasn't that surprising. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was Dom that said uh, on Twitter that Lees has been one of their, has been their best central defender this year. I don't know if I agree with that, but if I don't disagree with that, that's kind of telling, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, credit to Tom Lees, though, right? We started this year with him being stripped of the captaincy and him saying hey, I've got to buckle down and focus. And let's be honest, yes, you're right, Jeff. That's that's not a high bar to set. But at the same time, like 
Tom Leach has had a pretty good season after a pretty atrocious one. We know he's not meant to play in a back four, and it really didn't work when Dulles came in. But otherwise, you know, he's been one of the rocks of this team this year, and that's coming back from a tough year and getting stripped of the captaincy. So I do want to give him a little bit of credit with that, mm. although in the end, Jeff, you're right. That probably sums up why we're in 23rd place. I mean, the Just defense, to qualify the defense as well, has been a rock um, around the team's ankles, dragging them down all year, so that metaphor is probably yeah, that, that was kind of my point. It, it wasn't actually a Tom Lee's dig per se, although I'm more than happy to go in that direction if, uh, if we've got time and appetite. It was more a it was kind of like, you know, the um, the norm will reestablish itself, right? You know, we had that incredible performance, 5-0 against Cardiff, and maybe hope against hope, there was just this little bit, hey, this team maybe has some fight, but no, and it was hey, an aberration. They, they punched it back after QPR scored early and got an, an equalizer on a nice goal, and you're thinking, yeah, maybe they can smash and grab this in the second half. And then, well, you know, whatever the opposite of that is, is what happened. <laughs> what the Wednesday of that is, right. James. I, uh, I, I had a bit of a conflict last week. I back to moved one of my skates to Tuesday night, so I skate Tuesday. Can't do the podcast Tuesday, so I mentioned I couldn't do the podcast. But I didn't want to do the podcast last week because that five nothing was so fun and so enjoyable. And I watched that whole thing, miserable as fuck, thinking, fuck you for pretending that you actually are capable of doing this. This is good. And I just didn't even want to come on the pod to be the guy that ruined hope. Because what we saw the last two days was what this team is. Now, if I may make a bit of a positive point, I think that, and I could very well be wrong, I often am, but I think that we're seeing that Darren Moore's influence on this squad is a positive one. And, and we're seeing some better football. Even the four to one was not, that wasn't a four to one loss. You know, we weren't great, but that was not a four to one loss. I, I think we've seen a better team. I, I really, I didn't expect to, but I have a little more faith that if we are to instill Darren Moore going forward, whichever league we're in, we're in solid hands. So if, so if, if you're going to have if, something, if, positive, if that's your talking but, point, I'm I'm willing to sign up for that. I think um, I think Wednesday have played some better football over the balance of the last you know five six games than we've seen for a lot of the season, and that's entirely fair. And against QPR, I mean, we created chances. We um, the number of times that Reach got in down the left, for example, um, you know, Bannon played some sublime balls to play him into space. The balls from Reach that then went into the box weren't <laughs> quite so sublime. But we you know, we 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 outshot, we were, we were we outshot QPR two to one. Yeah, well, yeah, sorry and if Jordan Rhodes had finished, yeah. uh, was it two one? Um, you know, maybe that ends up all square. Who knows? But look, the the principle is it's with this squad, it's with this team, yeah. um, and so. You know, we should we probably shouldn't expect a fundamentally different result for whatever reason because these players are perfectly capable. They just aren't capable of playing together and delivering a uh, an end product. Yeah, I think they have certainly gotten more comfortable playing that style. They, I don't want to say there, there's fewer errors at the back. I don't want to say they've minimized them because that was <laughs> the reason that QPR was kind of able to press them more than Cardiff could, but. I think you can kind of see the outline of a style of play that can work if Darren Moore gets whatever league we're in. I think we both know, all know what that's going to be. But 
all of us everywhere yeah. across yeah. the globe. Jeff, Jeff, can we just? I know we're not allowed to talk about the. No, Patty will get. Patty will get mad. Respect. You gotta wait. Patty can will get we, mad. Can we all just accept that? That's the direction of travel, and sure. that we can all be calm about it, right? This right. is my mellow. So, Jake, some some of us accepted that while other people were on vacation. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at a many months ago coming many to terms with ago. reality. I would say that the the problem is, we you know, Moore only has a contract until the end of this season. Yeah. Oh, Christ, is he wrong. going? Is he going to get the job? Is he going to get? backing like when i say backing in the summer i almost more mean is he going to be able to bring in his own players more than is he going to get a lot of money because i don't think there's money there i don't even think you know he's managing league one for a little bit now he knows that league he should know you know who you can bring in who's who's out of contract that can still do a job and play his style and, and stuff like that they should you know loan players from the championship that kind of stuff um but will well, there have... are players in that league too. Th- yeah. There is quality in that league. Sure, you know Ivan Tony was at Peterborough last year. Mm-hmm. Ivan Tony's a Premier League caliber player. You just had to find him. There, there are these players in that league, and if he knows them, that's a great advantage. Yeah, and like maybe Sheffield Wednesday can still turn ahead at least in League One, if not in uh, <laughs> the Championship or higher at this point. It turned his head. I mean, there's sure. something to be said for that. You know, I mean, we, we all laugh and joke about the massive, but, you know, it's 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 that wonderful thing I've learned about all you Yorkshire people is that constant tongue in cheek, uh, that that little bit of, of humor behind every biting negative remark in that way of sort of understanding that this is all just a journey and we got to do it. It reminds me of um, my Irish blood and apparently um, terrible but... hamburgers that I learned in the WhatsApp group today. <laughs> I'll take your there's, word on there's that. There's so many uh, weird mixed cultural references. Just in the fact that you are saying you Yorkshire folk to me and Jeff is for a start of an interesting. <laughs> I was saying and... it. I was saying it to you and many of our listeners. <laughs> I do think as Jeff is an honorary Yorkshireman, and I am determined to get him wearing a flat cap on more than one occasion. But I own a flat no, look. Cap. I mean, well, when the fuck do I get to become a Yorkshireman, or am I just too abrasive for that? I, I think your Irish <laughs> statement just now says, so "Yeah, halfway there already, right?" Look, you, would, I mean, you would look better you, in a flat cap, though. You have the right hairline for it. That is true. Oh, hey, now. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, this is going to be one of those pods. Um, I'm going to try and bring it back to your point, Justin, which is, can Sheffield Please. Wednesday still turn heads? Um, look, the brand does. It has currency in British football, right? I mean, you know, maybe not internationally in the moment, but if you are a up-and-coming player, we're, st- we're still a club with heritage if we're not We're the not the only ones old. still talking about Chris Waddle and David Hurst and... Two Wembley appearances in '93. Yeah, well, yeah. Funnily enough, even five years ago, we were knocking on the door of the Premier League. So you know that that, that does carry something. But here's the thing: you know, most good footballers in Britain now pay attention to the structure of the coaching setup, the facilities, the um, the infrastructure of a club. So I'm not going to go on my favourite hobby horse, but I would suggest that if Wednesday want to be able to attract talent they will need to think about not just the cachet of the name over the door but also what's actually inside the door so hopefully hopefully people pay attention right so one of the things you can do i mean even where wednesday are now but certainly if they're in a, in a lower league is be a be a springboard for a player that wants that has ambition that has you know that feels they have skills that they can sell i mean if you go up with Sheffield Wednesday from League One next year, you know, as a 
and are able to showcase your wares. You're so you're gonna get on TV a lot, probably still somehow. Um, you think you can play as like Liam Shaw here, Jeff? You know, um, just trying to get a free transfer to Celtic and, yeah, and well, like not that. even that, but uh, yeah, but that would I think that would there would have to be a, a wildly different mindset in the club than what's there right now because as, you know as we've known on the show in recent weeks. You know, Asazi Argihide has probably been the best player overall on sort of the end-to-end performances this year. He doesn't have a contract for next year. And there are, there are clubs knocking on his on the door for him. Now, he's got a decision to make where he can get consistent playing time and what his aspirations are. But we can't be the club that's, you know, trying to, you know, when they got to Wembley, they were finding sort of out-of-favor players uh, in the Premier League that have won promotion out of that division or, you know, that kind of like, you know, what, what I would call in, in sort of baseball scouting terms, an up and down guy, which doesn't really approach the, but a guy that they can do a job in the majors, quote unquote, the Premier League, but, you know, probably isn't going to be a consistent starter there. You can find those players from the championship, but they can't, you know, who are those you know, twenty-seven-year-olds. They're all over. They're all over. I yeah. mean, it, what it just requires is a good scouting network, a switched-on manager with good connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think is the advantage frankly, of Darren Moore. Is Darren Moore knows both yeah, these right. divisions now and, and a bit of momentum. And I think that's just his point. You know, he's he's got respect within the game. He's a, certainly on face value a very likable person. Um, he seems to make connections well and make connections easily. Um, so there's lots there's lots to be positive about if we, if we can sign him up to a contract for next season. Yeah. So um, that being the uh, the clincher, right? That we uh, we went for a short term deal, which is now, I mean, look, it's a rebuilding job. Yeah, you need somebody like that in a rebuilding capacity. What's interesting though is we've spent <coughs> entire talking points of these two games talking yeah. about what comes next, not what actually what happened over the last five six days. I mean, do you really want to talk about the games? About the no, but James, that was your whole point. Is that we're we're seeing exactly the same thing? Like, yeah, the football what's is there, better. What's there, but what's there to take away? Not, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not shocking what happened. Uh, we played well in spurts. I mean, Jeff mentioned earlier the best thing I saw out of these last two games is the fact that after Dyke scored that first goal, which was a ridiculous header. I mean, wasn't it I, beautiful? I mean, yeah. Oh my god, uh, that was that was something else. I I'm a huge fan. Imagine having a fullback can put a ball into the box like that from midfield. Uh, <laughs> well, during Swansea, uh, Liam Palmer shocking yeah. he was, but uh, no, so Dyke scored I, I that do goal. Talk and about, then I, Windass comes right back. Yeah. I don't talk about Liam Let's Palmer. Let's talk about Liam Palmer. For a Where second. is Evan? <laughs> well, it's... Patty's been joking, and I think he even did it on, on Twitter, that Liam Palmer was going to be our captain next year in League One. It's not, like, is he? Liam Palmer could do a job in this at this level now at this point. Like, I think Liam Palmer can get a move easy. Yeah. Look, he's a Scotland international. Yeah, yeah he's, he's Scotland quality. international. He's not as old as you think because he's been... Huh? I know he's been around forever, but he came up when he was like 20. <laughs> Now, if, he wa- if he wants solid, to stay and be captain, more power back, to him. But I would sign him. Yeah, but yeah, it's, and yet he hasn't been the first choice right back for most of the year either. I'm not sure he's a right back. I'm not sure what he is. I think he's a. I do think he's a quality footballer. He's got obviously holes in this game, but it was funny. I the Swansea game, I had a doctor's appointment, and uh, I missed the first half, so I was sort of checking in. And I got home and I had both my kids at home because of COVID stupid 
quarantine reasons. And then I finally settled things down and I turned the game on in like the 65th minute. And I watched it until the second goal, which I think was probably, what, the 75th minute? So I watched 10 minutes of the Swansea game. Liam Palmer was a dominant force up and down the field during that 10 minutes. I couldn't believe it. He was everywhere. He was taking the ball off people's foot. He was beating people with the ball. He was crossing balls into the box. <laughs> and I went to Twitter and everybody was like, hey, Liam Palmer's been good today. So I think there's worse things to do than have Liam Palmer being a veteran on your team in League One, were we to not get out of this jam we're currently in. Patty. Like, say, Joey Pelopesi being your captain in League One. I, yeah, shoot him to the goddamn moon. So there's, nice, a challenge nice guy. Guy. there's your challenge if you're Darren Moore. It's do you get a free hand or do you get Joey Pelopesi re-signed for another season? Hmm. Right? It's not. It's not even a dig at Joey Pelopesi. It's just sure. he's got. He's got to have a free hand. But hey, at least we are all accepting. I'm. I'm. This is my vibe for today. I'm just yeah. accepting of where we are and what's happening, and let's just get on with it. No table. James, can I... just vibes. Just vibes. James, let me tell you a funny uh, hockey thing. Um, so, when you play hockey, uh, whether it's really you know in a league or just pick up or hanging out or whatever. Uh, some people aren't as good as other people, right? And you don't want to give people a hard time. Everybody's trying. Everybody's there. But if hockey people are talking and uh, somebody says, oh, so for example, to use you, hey, how's James? Can he play? If I like you, the response will be every time. It will be, good guy, works hard, loves the game. <laughs> That's Joey Pelopesi. He's a good guy. He works hard. He loves the game. That doesn't mean he's a good footballer, right? Because you don't want to shit on anybody. No, he's but he's not, he's, not, he's not the pick when you're trying to go man-on-man uh, -man against the uh, the top of the division, right? Listen, he's a good guy. He works hard. He loves the game. Got to respect it. Yeah, that was my high school soccer career. Thank, <laughs> thank, thanks, though, Justin. You've now explained everything that people ever said to me. Funnily enough, they say it to me professionally as well. Do you remember, this was, this was a few years ago now, that Wednesday almost made it into the Europa League by the fair play table? I'll stop it. Stop it, Jeff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... Is it literally just like Sam Hutchinson keeping them out? I don't we, know. we have so many straws to clutch at, trying yeah. to clutch at the year when we nearly made it to the Intertoto Cup, or we did make it to the Intertoto Cup by having the least yellow cards. In the we're, 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 not, we're not fucking united. Let's, let's not yeah. put shit on our honors board that doesn't count. We're, we're <laughs> shit. We've been shit. We'll, we'll get back there someday. Let's have some faith. None of us someday. will probably be alive, but, you know. What I will say is, uh, maybe this should have been my talking point, actually, is kind of screw the football. The gallows humor of Wednesday Heights mm. is fabulous. Like the, the the Twitter engagement over the course of the game against Swansea after that goal went in, after Tom Lees took his nosedive, was actually a thing of beauty. Just the, the kind of the creative gifs, the kind of um, just the commentary, the kind of uh, the dark, 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 sarcastic humor. It was... Um, it's what we are made of. This is who this we are. is that Yorkshire yeah, shit I'm talking about. You know? I love it. I love it. It it fits right in with my uh, East Coast Irish background, right? So this seems like That's a good time uh, since we've been talking about the the Wednesday dark humor. Can you both see my screen? Yes. Yeah. All right. Good. So this was a quiz <laughs> I put together for Reads and Owls America's quiz night that. Uh, that didn't happen. So 
This is for the is during the international break. So I'll put this both to you head to head. The international breaks. Let's quiz you on some international Wednesday players. <laughs> there seems to be a very large rock in the middle right. of the ocean, Jeff. You ready? Is it George Boyd, David Jones, or Joey Pelopesi? <laughs> so I'm going to give you 10 questions that describes one of these three players. And you have That's to pick David which Jones. one it is. Yeah. I say Dave Jones. So who scored the most goals for Wednesday in all competitions and no under 23 games don't count? That is question one. In, oh, out of those three? Yeah, write it, write it down. We'll do, that, do it at the end. It's like a regular I was looking night. at the giant rock and thinking who lived on that rock. Tell mm. me the names again. It kind of feels like that later Star Wars film where Mark Hamill sits on a very remote island off the coast exactly of exactly where he's from, yeah. David Jones, Joey Pelopesi, or George, George Boyd, who scored the most goals for Wednesday in all competitions and under 23 oh. games don't count. Oh, for fuck's sake. I hope it's a tie for zero. <laughs> are we shouting our answers out or are we writing them No, no, them we're going to write them down. Number two, Hi. who had the most appearances for their youth national side? Not their actual national side, their youth national side. Out of those three? Out of those three. Are those three the... There are only three answers here. <laughs> if you're playing along at home, the answers are either, just to remind you, Dave Jones, George Boyd, or Joey Pelopesi. Hey, Jeff, is this a theme? Yeah, it's a, the theme of the quiz. It may well be a theme, Fuck's but so far sake. I've got the two same answers. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I know. All right, go ahead. Number three. You probably know that Joey has the most first-team appearances of the three in a Wednesday shirt. But who is second? Did George Boyd or David Jones have more first-team uh, appearances at Sheffield Wednesday? My uh, my theme is continuing here, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to have one answer at the end of this. I differed from you on number two. Number four. Which of the three had this said... Uh, and this to say in their first <laughs> sorry, this to say in their first interview at Wednesday. I'm strong, I'm fast, and I love to make tackles, and I can also play really good football going forward. Yep, James, I'm, going with, I'm going with the same one. <laughs> no, you're not. That broke I am, I am. Oh my goodness. He he this this gentleman gave a hugely over ambitious interview when he first joined the club. <laughs> they all do. Number five, so one point each. Where did each player start their career in youth football? What team or organization? Oh, fuck off. Hold on, so I have to give more than the answer yeah, yeah, I've yes. given the first four questions. So it's it's three players with three different teams. I don't have a fucking clue. At least one of them is extremely funny. I think it's come up. I, I, I agree, on one of them is quite funny. Oh, you know, you fucking dick. <laughs> Figures. Number six. So it's from whoscored.com. You know, they do like strengths and weaknesses for each player. So match each, each strength to the player per <laughs> whoscored.com. So each, I love it. Yeah. Uh, tackling. Defensive contributions. <laughs> direct free kicks. <laughs> so it's one for each player. Not none of them can make direct free <laughs> kicks. 
Jesus Christ. Well, uh, tackles and Tackling, defensive. Just defensive contributions, whatever that means, by whoscored.com and direct <laughs> free kicks. I, I think that means, uh, I think that's a Dutch translation. Mm. <laughs> Number seven. Who had this to say after Wednesday's manager got sacked? <laughs> Which manager? No, that's going to be a bonus point. Hang on. I am not trying to t- not take responsibility. The players have a massive responsibility at this football club. It's a privilege. We need to be living and breathing it on a daily basis. But we win or lose together. Staff and players, it's a collective. I wouldn't single anyone out. So for one point, which of the three said that? And for a bonus point, if you can name which manager had just been sacked. Jeff, I feel like this is a long, drawn-out version of our Twitter of our WhatsApp thread from yesterday about all the things that have gone wrong in the last four years. I mean, Joey Pelopesti, David Jones, and George Boyd are large portions of that. So, I'm shocked uh, Almond Abdi isn't in it. All right, well, what's shocking one. is that in our said thread of yesterday, nobody mentioned Dave Jones, <laughs> and he's a very, very big part of that story. Number eight. Yeah, go ahead. George Boyd has played for eight football clubs. Ranging from every yeah. level, from the conference to the Premier League, how many can you name? You should get at least one. <laughs> uh, well, that, I wrote that one down. Hmm. Oh, uh, he's such garbage. <laughs> that whole interview he had recently, uh, one of the other Wednesday podcasts got him on, which I appreciate. Big ups to them. But this whole interview was shitting all over Yoss. But one, one of the things he made was like, yeah, well, we weren't trying real hard. I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's on you. <laughs> that's that was not pretty like, obvious at the time. So, Yeah, like, fuck off. Like, uh, Number nine. He did, mm. with a lot of money. 2018-2019 is the last season all three of these players played together in a Wednesday shirt. In that season, who had the highest average match rating from whoscored.com? Oh, Christ. You got a one in three chance, Justin. I want to throw bleach in my eyes at this point. <laughs> Shout out to Andy McElwain for uh, the bleach reference. All right. And number 10, true or false? George Boyd <laughs> has more goals for the Scottish national team than Barry Bannon. Uh, oh, it's so sad. It's sad, so sad. It's, it's got to be true. Yeah, it's got to be true. And it's getting more and more absurd. Anyway. All right. Jeff, what is that rock? Oh, you can't see the the. You can only see like my background. You don't see the slideshow. No, we don't. Enjoying. We've not, we, all we've seen is your Mac Catalina background. Yeah, That's it's weird. off the coast of California, right? Hang on, it's got to yeah, it's got to be a thing with Skype. Hang on. I thought that was the Isle of Man. Isn't Jones from somewhere weird? Manchester. All right, is Boyd from? <laughs> uh, I thought one of those guys from Probably somewhere Manchester. weird. Can you see it now? I thought I was looking at the Isle of Man. No, Jeff, no, we I... can just still just see your island. That's fine. We're just going to... It, it doesn't really matter. It's just a bunch it of pictures of Joey Telepesi. Again, it's George just a very Boyd. calming evening scene over the sea. It's very David funny. Jones. So. I love how this is part one of the podcast. Number one, who scored the most goals for Wednesday in all competitions? What was your answer? James, James you go first. I said Boyd. 
It is George Boyd. He had four. Pelopesi nice. and Jones both have one. When did George Boyd James, score four? James, he had James a couple. He had a couple in. like streamers, I think. Who had the number two? Who had the most appearances for their youth national sides? Jones. I said David Jones. It's George Boyd who had seven. What? Six for England and one for Scotland. Uh, David Jones had one. Joey Pelopesi had... He couldn't even get into the Dutch under 23s or whatever. Under 21s. Number three, you probably know that Joey has the most first team appearances with three in a Wednesday shirt, but who is second? David Jones. I mean, the answers for this are very predictable. I had Boyd. Uh, David Jones, 66. George Boyd, 50. So it is David Jones. Joey Pelopesi, 110. Whenever I did this, I think he's gotten to both games since then. So, <laughs> Number four, which of the three had this to say in their first interview at Wednesday? <laughs> I'm strong, I'm fast, and I love to make tackles, and I can also play really good football going forward. James. I said David Jones. <laughs> I said Joey Pelopesi. It is Joey Pelopesi, yes. Yeah, of course it Damn is. Damn you, Justin. Number five. Describes this game to a T, James. Come on. For one point each, where did each player start their career in youth football? Sheffield Wednesday, Eindhoven, and Peterborough. Justin? Uh, Jones was at Sunderland, Boyd was at Spurs, and Joey was at Heracles. David Jones was at Manchester United? Should have known that. Joey Pelopesi was at FC20, and George Boy was at Charlton Athletic. Ah. This is going well. Yeah. It's like Wednesday season. Number six, match each strength to the player per whoscored.com. So tackling. Uh, probably my turn to go first. Yeah. Tackling was uh, David Jones. James. Joey. It is Joey. Ah. Defensive contributions. So I got that I got that wrong. I said Joey, but it was who? I said Dave Jones for that one. George Boyd, apparently. (laughs) Uh, And that leaves direct free kicks for David Jones. All right. Well, so all right, we're tied at two with four to go. Blistering pace. Number seven, who had this to say after Wednesday's manager got sacked? <laughs> I am not trying to not take responsibility. The players have a massive responsibility with this football club. It's a privilege. We need to be living and breathing it on a daily basis. But we win or lose together. Staff and players as a collective. I wouldn't single anyone out. So who said that? James's turn. So uh, I went with my theme of Dave Jones and about Carlos. Justin. I said Dave Jones, Dave Jones, and Yas Luakai. It is David Jones about Carlos Carvajal. Oh, damn! Well done, James. Number eight. He's more articulate than Joey, I think. George Boyd <laughs> has played for eight football clubs, ranging from every level to the Conference to the Premier League. How many can you name? Apparently, it's only seven. I said eight on the first slide, but seven on the second slide. I was drunk when I made this. So, obviously, you both got Sheffield Wednesday, I hope. Yep. All right. A- any other guesses? Uh, Peterborough. Peterborough, yes. Nice. Uh, I had Sunderland. No. Hull? Hull, yes. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going down in flames. I hate Spurs. No, he was he, he started uh, Spurs. Yeah, right, I was just throwing shit out. Burnley, Burnley, yes. Oh, you you seem to have a very James. good knowledge of George Boyd's career. Well, not Charlton. <laughs> not Charlton. He didn't actually make any uh, first team appearances for Charlton. So uh, the remaining ones are Stevenham, uh, Stevenage, Nottingham Forest, and Salford City. Number nine, 2018-19 is the last season. All three played together in a Wednesday shirt. Who had the highest average match rating from whoscored.com? I said Boyd. James? I said Joey, just for a change. Uh, by two one-hundredths of a point, Joey Pelopesi, 6.55, George Boyd, 6.53. Impressive, James. Mm. It got me in the end. You can tell that that was a very carefully rehearsed uh, piece of thinking there, Justin. It wasn't in any way down to chance. <laughs> Number 10, true or false, George Boyd has more goals for the Scottish national team than Barry Bannon. Good. Clearly true. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. It's false. Neither have scored a goal for the Scottish national team. <laughs> ah, the fucking Scots. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever scored a goal for the Scottish national team. But... You know who has? Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, probably. Probably. <sighs> On that fun note, take a break. Yeah. Break. Yeah, let's, let's take a break. Cover the Wednesday news and preview some matches that are going to happen. Support for Owls AmeriCast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off and free shipping with the code OWLS, that's capital O-W-L-S, at manscaped.com. Look, no one listening to this show wants to hear me talk about the lovely toiletry bag that comes with the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. But I think there's an important point here. Back when they were a touring stadium act, Van Halen famously had a no-brown M&M clause written into their contract rider. That was played for fun as part of the excesses of the 80s. But there was an important point. If the band couldn't trust the venue to read the rider and remove all the brown M&Ms, what does that say about their incredibly technical pyro displays and whatnot? The fact that Manscaped cared enough to include a very well-crafted toiletry bag means they take every part of the operation seriously. I know my way around an electric trimmer. I've had some sort of a beard since I was 18. And this is a well-crafted instrument fit for purpose. Which is more than we can say about Sheffield Wednesday right now. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. And after that, uh, some might say pessimistic first segment, we'll try to we'll try to lighten the mood because Wednesday did a very nice thing this week as part of the EFL Day of Action. Uh, Wednesday at Richard Parker, who is going to lose part of his leg because of his uh, time in the Army and, and his service overseas, wanted to score in front of the cop. And, and Wednesday made that happen, which is more than they could do for most of their strikers this year. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> Justin, you want to talk about this a little bit? No, I just I thought that was so cool. Uh, I've got a long history uh, coming from my parents as a very anti-war person, and, and you know that whole anti-military person to a certain degree. And as I get older, you learn to separate the the broad concept from the individuals involved. And we got an individual in Richard Parker as a Wednesdayite who gave, well, quite literally, has given part of his life to you know service, right? Whatever your service is for. Um, and, and for the club to reach out to him and, you know, involve him in this and, and fulfill this dream of his. And, and frankly, too, two guys that I have given shit to all year, and I still think they deserve it, but Barry Bannon and Karen Westwood to show up. I mean, arguably the two biggest names at the club. And, and they show up and they participate in this with him and have a great time to see him bring a bar off uh ball off the uh crossbar and then uh absolutely stone uh westwood get him leaning the wrong way score from the uh spot and uh dropped his knees in front of a cop uh just so nice for the club to recognize that here's somebody who's one of us who has sacrificed so much and is about to sacrifice more um uh, and for the club to recognize that uh, without going on too long, it's one, it's one of several things the club has done really well this year. You know, I was trying to think about it today. I couldn't remember all of them. There was the, you know, our boy Sid, uh, Sid the Greek. You know, the club reached out to him and doing some mental health awareness. But I, I, I feel like, and this may be not from the ownership, but the, the club has done a much better job this year of uh, reminding, especially us Americans, that it's a, it's a club, not a franchise. It's a community. And uh, taking care of its own and recognizing the work that its own do. So uh, to, to Richard Parker, I'm, I'm super stoked uh, that you're able to do that. And, uh, you know, good luck with the surgery that goes forward. And I hope that you're able to, you know, have, have the kind of life that you want to live. I do think that a couple of things to unpack here. Uh, say what you love about Karen Westwood. And I think we've we've said a lot, both positive and negative, over the years. I do think he really cares about the sport and and the fans of the club where he's at. If you look at some of the stories that have come out about Westwood over the years, you know, especially with younger fans, I, I think he does. Like, look, maybe he's a bit of a shit in the locker room. You know, we've all probably heard that, but yeah, that that is what it is. And on some level, to be a high level athlete, I think especially a goalkeeper there's a certain mindset it's kind of like and, and justin will appreciate this being like an ace pitcher in baseball like you got to be a little weird and you got to be a little maybe even off-putting at times um you know, a little cocky a little we're not cocky, talking yeah. zach cranky yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah but but i think if you've seen the things that he's done for the fans while he's been he's been at wednesday forever now at this point and look at the stuff he's done for the fans there i don't i don't think this is like remotely out of character for him and, and what he what he brings to wherever he is. Uh, the other thing, too, is I know Patty doesn't want to say it, but sort of the idea, like, you know, we've joked, like, we'll still be here when they're in League One. And I think a lot of Wednesday fans will be, too, as much as we grumble about it. It's nothing new. But I do think there is this idea that whatever else happens, 
the club needs to get better connected with the community it's in. And that applies both to the, you know, the greater Sheffield area, uh, area and just the greater fan base as well, you know, regardless of what league you're in, whether it's Liverpool League One Championship or the Premier League. I feel like that is something that has fallen by the wayside. And like, look, you can look to the chairman's comments about, you know, casting supporters or fans as as consumers or buyers of the Sheffield Wednesday product as being part of that and sort of that disconnect. But I do think whatever else happens, there is an opportunity. I would, I mean, I would expect by August or September, you will have some sort of capacity at Hillsborough. Uh, to get fans back in the stadium. And I think this is an opportunity to sort of build off what what they've been doing in the last year or so, uh, Justin, that you've mentioned already in terms of outreach and try to try to get that connection back. Because, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, whether we were born into it like James was or for some dumbass reason we chose it, <laughs> like Justin and myself... You know, we're going to be there. We're going to watch the games. We're going to moan about it. We're going to grass about it. But you do want to feel, you don't want to even, it's not an issue of feeling like you have an impact, but it's what you want to be heard is the thing, right? You want to, you want to feel like you're getting out of it as much as you're, and you never get as much out as you're giving in on some level, but you want there to be, you want it to be a little more equitable. I, I actually have a question for James, and I'll, I'll preface it a little bit with some rambling. But as, as an American, we, we have basically four different, and whatever you're into, sports, right? And that basically covers 92 teams, right, in between four different sports. So in England, it's so different. You have basically one sport, and there's 92 teams, and, and that's not to put down the teams that are in the conference, right, because there are – like Knotts County is supported, right? There there are community clubs. And and I feel like the community outreach in football in England and on well, whatever. We'll talk about England. I, I feel like the community outreach is so specific. Like if you're from this spot, I, I grew up uh in Boston. I grew up a Red Sox, a Patriots, a Celtics, and a Bruins fan, right? My fandom has changed greatly over the years, but you're always at that top level. But if you're a Grimsby town. No, it's not even an example. If you're from Northampton, right, you're a Northampton town fan, and there's only 8,000 of you or 40,000 of you or whatever it is, uh, the, the involvement of your club with the community is so tight. And we see it in America. We see the, I don't know, just pick a random example to make Jeff cringe. The New York Mets will go to a local school in Queens and they will... Yeah. Talk to the youth, right? Yeah. Or the New York Mets will donate money to this cause. But the New York Mets are not part of the community. The same way that the Boston Red Sox are not part of the community. The same way that the uh, Chicago Blackhawks are not actually part of the community. I mean, the we're same talking, way We're that, talking about functionally as corporations. Well, but the same way that Manchester City players are not part of that community. As, as much as there's the city fans deservedly are grasping for it, they don't have it. Wednesday is in a, a position where they are a uniquely, we joked about it earlier, but massive team. But 
there needs to be that community connection. We've been talking about it for years. This is all my long buildup. James, do you think that this season, or let's say the last since COVID, do you, do you think the club has done a better job of making connections within the Sheffield community? Because I do, but that's not, as Jeff pointed out, Jeff and I are very different. I think our American listeners are very different. For, for you guys, it's it's very personal. It's the community. Do you think the club has been doing better? Well, we're getting into quite a um, an existential philosophical discussion. But um, So what they have definitively done since COVID is they've done a better job of publicizing their engagement with the community. So if you if you're sitting three and a half thousand miles away and you see a you know a well deserving guy engaging with two well intentioned players in front of the cop, yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he, here's where things are, are getting really interesting for a club like Sheffield Wednesday. So you, you kind of talked about the ninety two clubs and the fact that you know there are big and small amongst them. There's actually there's thousands of soccer clubs in in England. Right. Um, right. Did you see you saw a kind of Marine FC, right? You know they made their way to whatever round it was in the FA Cup. But they got to play Spurs in. Well, there's you know, 600 fans. With 600 <laughs> friends, fans. Friends and, family. Now, friends and family. Here's the thing: the players of that club with 600 fans are members of their community, and right. their families are integrated into that community, and their actions are seen day to day by that community in the schools in the parishes in the community organizations whatever else i mean that's the old like uh it's the like faroe islands joke they're all plumbers and yeah but teachers and here's where i'm going jeff and 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 this is the piece that i think maybe helps you with the connection to you know the the franchise system in america i'm not yet 40 and yet when i was growing up the football players of sheffield wednesday didn't just come around my school they lived around the corner like everybody knew where Chris Waddle lived, and everybody would see Chris Waddle down the pub, you know. Um, John and, Sheridan, and I'm, I'm sure, was at the pub a little bit more often. But <laughs> John Sheridan was at the pub on a very regular. That, that's but no, that's modern sport. Hear me out. Where, where, where I'm going sport. is that players lived in the community. The club engaged in the community not for publicity but for purpose, and that's that's the piece that the clubs who do this well and they're not just in soccer they're in rugby they're in cricket they're in baseball there are there are organizations they don't have to be a soccer club or a nfl franchise there are organizations that do this really well they are embedded and when they're embedded the fans respond and i think that that's the task for wednesday it's don't do it superficially don't do it for the clicks do it because it matters for the people who you want to be the next generation of your supporters and you want to carry on this this custodial legacy that is being a member of this institution. And actually, it's the, it's the beautiful thing about this conversation, right? There are three of us. I grew up there. Neither of you did. But both of you are going to see this club through whatever comes next. You know, regardless <laughs> of the fact that we are shambolically awful, we're about to go back down to League One for the third time in 20 years. I swore I'd never go back to League One. Even barely remember us being in the Premier League. And yet, because of the stupid character of our fan base and the way we behave, you want to be a part of it. That, to me, is that's the genius of Sheffield Wednesday. And if we could just tap that and multiply it a bit, that's the type of thing you want to be involved with. And that's what I want to see them doing locally, internationally, and otherwise. That's community. So, Justin, it's not, it's Justin not just 
referenced the Mets earlier, and I obviously host a Mets podcast among many others. And when when they got to the World Series in 2015, I I got I don't remember how it came up, but I made this I made this general point where like if Mets fans, and this certainly applies to Wednesday fans too. Maybe, maybe that's why I've remained a, a a fan of both teams. It's that if you get like it was just like somebody asked me how Mets fans would would take making the World Series or winning a World Series. I'm just like, well, here's the thing. It's like if you just give a little bit of success, the fan base is going to get so drunk on it. I think that's true of Wednesday too. Like, look at what happened when they got to Wembley. Right. The, like, the day out there. The, the that's, what, that's what you can tap raised. into. Like, that's the... And, like, like look, <laughs> from what I know about the people of Yorkshire, they're going to grouse about the ticket prices regardless. But... <laughs> As they should. If they get... If they get back to the Premier League, it will... Like, Hillsborough will be rocking. It will be the playoff semifinal against Brighton every single game that that may be a bit far but yeah we're, we're looking at thirty thousand every week in yeah. the premier league i i don't think there's any doubt about that they're ready they're like, willing they're able they just the club's got to meet them not even halfway i guess at this point but well this is this it. is a post post relegation were it to happen quote quote <laughs> quote finger marks discussion but yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, this is this is why I, I hear people shit on the term massive all the time. I think it's the funniest goddamn thing in the world. I think it's the best. I think it is exactly that Yorkshire humor that James and I both mentioned earlier, that tongue-in-cheek, like, we know we're shit, so we're just going to say we're not, and you're going to get worked up about it, and we're just going to laugh. We're just going to laugh, you know? It's all. You know laugh. what they say: the measure of uh, of a true achievement is the journey. This is going to be one hell of a journey. Eventually, we'll get it right. It just may turn out to be um, twenty forty, not twenty thirty. But you know, it'll be all right. Unless we're Barry. <laughs> Let's not leave on that note. I'm if, uh, Justin if will be the one of the news, three of us that would get there. Is, for every every Jesus dire situation, Christ. there's an Eric Alonso, right? So um, you know, maybe someone <laughs> will come out of left field and buy Wednesday. Hmm. I don't know if I want Eric Alonso buying Wednesday, but that's me. I, I don't uh, think Eric Alonso put any of his own money up, but. <laughs> Apparently not. I saw pictures of some scantily clad. Uh, Eastern Asian man uh, flexing. Maybe that was Eric Alonso. I don't even know, but see where the money comes from. I don't want to preview these games, but we should do that, huh? Bristol City, seven thirty a.m. ESPN Plus. As we've been saying all along, the relegation will be televised. Justin, what do you have for us? They're a fucking disaster. Yo, so they're well, they're uh, playing us at the right time then. All right, both these teams, both these teams. They're fourteenth. Yeah. They got fifty points. Uh, they uh, form is draw, loss, 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 draw, win. Uh, so they hired uh, everybody's favorite Wednesday manager and waiting, Nigel Pearson, uh, late February, February 24th. So oh, I, I'm going to join the crowd and I'm going to say I thought that was a great move, hire Nigel Pearson. They've been kind of a mess since. Two wins, two draws, five losses. Uh, 
And one of those wins was a win against Swansea where the expected goals, which again is not everything, but was like less than one to four. And yet somehow they won. So uh, they definitely deserve that. Uh, great news for us, unless, as Jeff pointed out, uh, we're always the opposite. Uh, I read uh, Nigel Pearson's comments after the last game where uh, he is ripped at his players. He threw everybody under the Shocker. bus. Shocker. Uh, no, it, it sounds like Wednesday. He said, mm. there's a bunch of guys here who are out of contract at the end of the season who aren't working hard. And to his credit, he actually benched them and is playing young players. Uh hanging in there. Uh, what I found that just horrifically amusing was that Alfie Mawson, who I've always been a huge fan of center back, uh, put a head on a ball, uh, fairly athletic. Alfie Mawson is their highest rated player of the season. According to, according to who scored.com. Uh, Alfie Mawson has been playing for uh, Fulham since January. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Alfie Boston's not doing anything against us this weekend. Uh, you, you know who's up front for them? Uh, Naki Wells, who oh, we've yeah. seen in other uh, other other iterations, many many, Naki, many times. <laughs> yeah, Naki's got nine goals, three assists, and then uh, a Senegalese uh, international, uh, Famara. Totally apologize. Uh, no hablo français. Uh, did you uh, has eight goals and one assist. So what's interesting about this team is they were three five two under D, Dean Holden all year. They fired him. They bring in Pearson. Pearson, literally, the only thing that Pearson has done is four at the back. Everything has changed. He's done four two three one. He's done four three three. He's done four four two. It varies tremendously. Um, I think that Pearson is in a situation where he's got a bunch of players who don't give a shit. They're mid table. They're not going to go down despite how bad they're playing. And he's just trying to figure out who belongs and and who can get it on. So, theoretically, this would be a good opponent to play. Theoretically. Let's Uh. just um, remind ourselves that, does it really matter? I mean, these are teams that we're going to play, and Mm. maybe we win, maybe we lose. Games are going to happen. Games are going to happen. Unless we win six games out of six, it doesn't really matter. And if we lose, if we go behind by a goal, the game's over anyway. So, you know, based on the law of statistics. You negative bastard. I can't believe, Justin, after all of the preamble that I've just gone negative. What I mean is, yeah, great opportunity for Wednesday to get three points on the board. And as great Darren opportunity. We're going to play for every single point remaining. And let's wait and see, because we could still get out of this. If, by mathematical absurdity, Rotherham stop winning games, Coventry go into freefall, and Derby have a post-Eric Alonso um, heart attack. James, you're an intelligent man. You understand mathematics. Let's roll with that. What I understand about mathematics is it is quite possible that if results go against us tomorrow and on Saturday, we are relegated by Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, I would say 9.30 a.m., personally. <laughs> but sure. God bless Prince Philip. Yes, there we are. You've been listening to episode 134. Whoa, of whoa, 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 whoa! Blackburn Rovers! <laughs> no, 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 no. Negative, no. negative, negative. Come on, Adam Armstrong just turned 18 last week. Harvey Elliott. Oh, blah, blah, man. blah. Bradley Duck, mm. yeah, etc. But Bradley Duck's been out, man. He came back. He's played four games all year. 
to get out of your system now. <laughs> All right, sorry, Jeff. Go. Uh, you've been listening to episode 134 of the Owls Americas from the internet, owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are fellow Wednesday Night's Reverend of the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask that you rate and review the show as helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Support for the Owls Americas is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OWLS, that's capital O-W-L-S, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. James is on Twitter, at Manhattan Owl. Uh, James, since we uh, may have skipped over the Blackbird Rovers preview, what is your prediction for Wednesday against Blackburn at midweek? Uh, Alright, whatever. I said James. I know I went on. No, I'm, I'm going to pass it to Justin. I think Justin, do you have a prediction? Next... Justin is on Twitter. No, at I, was just, I Justin, was just laughing because you, you skipped you skipped the whole Bristol City gig, which is this weekend at 7.30. I figured you'd be looking for his reasoning on that. James, how are these next two games going to go? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, seriously. like They'll go as they go. We're going down. It's fine. Is there so? Is there on anything? Our way, is, <laughs> on our way. Is there anything you're looking for in the next two games, either of you? Uh, no. no. Peace, no. solace, and no. closure. Mm. I don't know any of those. Shout out! Shout out to Andy McWayne. Throw bleach in my goddamn eyes. No, no, show. no. This this is calm. Like, guys, you you need to understand. That we're in that moment where. Imagine you've got a pet rabbit, and imagine that rabbit is like eight to nine years old. It's done a good life. It made the kids happy, but its back leg gave out a long while ago. It's got one less eye than it used to. It kind of, you know, it doesn't get out the hutch anymore, and frankly, the droppings are piling up in a corner. It's time. It's time. Oh, you've got a pet dog. It's an 18-year-old dog. It's a wonderful dog, but it ran. It got run over. James, James, you you, you, were, you, were you gave on, it you dignity, were on but holiday. now it cannot you get out. You were on broken. holiday when Jeff and I accepted this. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, <laughs> and the only dead rabbit I want is the bar, which I'll be able to get to in a month once I'm fully vaccinated. And we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>